You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. Last week at San Francisco's new California Academy of Sciences Museum, IBM gathered a host of industry leaders to discuss how IT can help companies green much more than their data centers. The company made a series of announcements, including the development of next-generation lithium-ion batteries, a highly efficient water-cooled supercomputer, a partnership with the City of San Francisco to monitor and improve wastewater handling, and the launch of its Green Sigma Coalition, which aims to address the environmental impacts of a company's operations, ranging from the data center and office facilities to retail space and manufacturing plants. At a day-long retreat, industry leaders from the coalition and beyond got together to have open and frank discussions about how these diverse companies can work together for their mutual benefit, as well as the benefit of the environment. The end of the day brought a series of presentations and panel discussions, highlighting some of the developments from the summit. First, we have Rich Lechner, IBM's Vice President of IT Optimization and System Software, offering an overview of the day's events. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. Um, It's a pleasure and a privilege to speak with you this evening, and we appreciate your time. Uh, We find ourselves at a very interesting moment in time when the first green shoots of the recovery from the worst economic recession in a generation, at the same time as a global awakening to the threat of climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. This session, as Celia mentioned, is about posing what can we do in a collaborative fashion to address this. When IBM speaks, uh, our point of view is that we're seeing a profound thing occur, that The world is becoming more intelligent, more instrumented, and more interconnected. In other words, we're seeing the dawn of a smart planet. And as part of that, we believe that that holds the key to addressing the issues of sustainability, energy, and the environment. When we talk about energy and environment, we're really focused on three critical resources, energy, water, and carbon. And tonight's discussion and announcements that we're making today center on all three of those. As we look at this, we really separate the, the, the task or the challenge into three areas to address. The first is infrastructure, whether that be IT and data centers or buildings, roads, um, manufacturing systems, vehicle fleets, uh, rolling mills, etc. Optimizing for energy use across that broad infrastructure and minimizing the impact of that infrastructure. The second area is around sustainable business solutions, focusing on supply chain, manufacturing operations, product design and development, logistics. And here, again, you'll hear in the, second pan- in the first panel today around the notion of Green Sigma, and I'll come back to that in a moment. And the third area is looking beyond an individual enterprise organization and beyond the ecosystem that participates in to the systems that it participates in, to the industry that it participates in. How can we fundamentally change and reinvent the utility industry, the energy industry, the public sector infrastructure that we all work and live and play in? So today's announcements, just to summarize them, and and you'll hear more about them in the panels, really cover um, the breadth of what IBM, together with its partners, can deliver. First of all, it's about deep 
research and technology innovation. So just two examples. First, we announced today um, a collaborative effort in the industry led by IBM Almaden Research around lithium air batteries. We bring to the table deep material science expertise, deep nanotechnology expertise to help address and resolve some of the most vexing challenges around lithium air batteries, which promise to answer, provide the answer for everything from electric vehicles to scalable storage at the grid level. The second area of innovation, example of innovation that we're announcing today um, is around liquid cooling at the processor level. So we have long used liquid cooling as a more, um, a more effective form of cooling technology at the system level uh, and at the data center level. Now we're applying it down at the processor level within supercomputers that have profound effect, an 85% reduction in CO2 emissions at the research facility that's implemented in, in Switzerland and a 40% uh, reduction in energy use there. The second area of announcements that we're making today is around a collaborative effort for energy management across that broad definition of the infrastructure. Again, whether you're talking data centers or servers or storage or networking equipment, the things you would expect IBM to talk about, but more than that, buildings, manufacturing systems, air conditioning systems, vehicle fleets. And so today we announced important new additions to that ecosystem, including Honeywell and Cisco and the integration of their management capabilities into our overall end-to-end enterprise energy management strategy. The next thing that we're announcing addresses this area of sustainable operations. How can we together fundamentally change the way businesses operate to improve the sustainability from a ter in terms of energy, carbon, and water? And so we're announcing the Green Sigma Coalition, 10 members, and you'll, that panel will be up next, and I'll let them describe that in more detail and take your questions. And then finally, looking beyond individual businesses at the, at the macro level, we're delighted to be announcing here a project that we've been doing with the San Francisco PUC around adding intelligence and sustainability to the sewer infrastructure, 1,000 miles of sewer pipes and three um, water um, treatment facilities and all the associated assets here in the city of San Francisco with dramatic results in terms of reducing um, emissions into San Francisco Bay and the Pacific Ocean and improving the, react, the, the proactive maintenance of that infrastructure in support of a smarter, more intelligent infrastructure to support the city of San Francisco. It's a first-of-its-kind project in the world. So let me close by saying this is not about just technology innovation. It's about reengineering processes. It's about reinventing industries. It requires collaboration. What this evening and what these announcements are all about, to paraphrase Bill Clinton, if you don't have a seat at the table in Copenhagen in December, and if you don't have a vote in Congress, the best thing that you can do is do. And that's what this conference is about. IBM and our partners helping our clients do from the very largest enterprises to the very smallest. And you'll see some of those on the panel today. Thank you again for coming. We look forward to discussing this with you actively this evening. The first group discussion, entitled Sustainability and Energy Reduction Across All Business Operations, brought together five members of the Green Sigma Coalition to talk about the impact sustainability projects are having on day-to-day -day and company-wide operations. The panel consisted of IBM's Dave Lubo, 
Clay Nessler from Johnson Controls, Robert Johnson of ESS, Scott Bolick from SAP, and John White from Eden. The panel was moderated by Celia Canfield, Development Director for West Coast Green. Tell us a little bit, Dave, about what this announcement and the excitement that we've seen um, online and, and in the room today. What is Green Sigma and what does it portend? For- sure. Thank you, and thank you all for joining. So we've been seeing a trend among our clients that they're starting to collect data about uh, energy use, water use, and carbon emissions. Uh, but they're having difficulty getting the data. It's all in disparate sources. Uh, data is difficult to get. Uh, and so we're seeing that need. And to really be able to make decisions about changes you want to make in your business to reduce your use of energy, reduce water usage, reduce waste production, you've got to have access to the information uh, before you can do anything with it. So we've uh, taken some of the work we've been doing inside IBM and our own plants, uh, which has resulted in significant energy and water reduction. And we've pulled together a solution called Green Sigma, which is about three basic parts. One is about metering and monitoring. So you need to measure it so you can do something about it. The second part is about being able to visualize the data, uh, something displayed on a dashboard, for example, on a daily basis so that people can drill into problem areas and make some changes. And then ongoing continuous improvement using analytic techniques like Lean Six Sigma. So we realized that we could deliver some of that as IBM, but not all of it. Many of these problems are too complex to be able to have one company solve uh, it all. We realized we needed to put together a team of world-class providers who have different pieces needed to create that end-to-end solution. So we have, uh, are today announcing the launch of the Green Sigma Coalition, which is a group of companies that uh, sometimes compete, sometimes team together, and we're going to figure out how to go make change happen. We're going to figure out how to get big results with our clients together. So the first question I have is, before you all got together, and really today is the first day of the coalition, what were you seeing out there? What were your customers telling you were major challenges and impediments to really embracing significant sustainability activities? Um, Let's start with Clay, because I always like to start with Johnson Controls. Okay. Thanks, and hello, hello everybody. We really see uh, customers at three levels, and... uh, the, the first level, call it the lowest level of uh, maturity, are organizations who have good intentions. They have folks within the organization that are very passionate about sustainability, and they do a lot of things. And then maybe once a year they collect those things through a survey and write it up into a report. Maybe it looks like a sustainability report, but it's primarily anecdotal. The challenge for those organizations is how do I look at all the things going on and see if I'm really moving the needle? Am I actually making progress? Are there any goals across the organization, or is it just good intentions? The second level are those organizations that have actually made specific goals. Um, it could be a city that joins the uh, um, mayor's uh, climate protection. It could be university presidents. There are a number of organizations who make commitments. They're fairly long-range commitments, and then they're challenged with defining their inventory, setting their targets, and things such as that. Now, they really want to know what to do next and what are the best practices. The third group is particularly interesting. Those are organizations that are fairly mature, are collecting data, are reporting, often publicly, but they've harvested all the low-hanging fruit. So they're struggling. Now that we've done all the obvious and simple things, um, you know, when I pull out the ladder and I have to reach the apples on the top of the tree, what are the things I do? 
And that's when it really goes from being anecdotal to analytical. And that's where I think a lot of the tools that are envisioned as part of the coalition can be very, very helpful to organizations at all levels. Scott, you obviously have to set agenda within your um, own company in your role, but what have you seen customers really struggle with? I think if you, if you look at sustainability, and I think building on where Clay was going, I think there's also a cultural change. There's a performance management change that goes along within the analytics. So I think what has happened is a lot of companies have, have become aware. They've become aware of increasing energy prices. They've become aware of consumer uh, pushback against them and brand reputation risk. They've become aware of pending greenhouse gas regulations. And companies are out there setting goals, and they're trying to prepare. But what the companies are, are largely doing today is, is what I would say is a bolt-on, many of the companies, except for that last case. What they're doing is they're bolting on sustainability. And when you bolt on sustainability, it's fantastic because everybody's on a journey and you're moving forward. But what you run into is you run into challenges because when you bolt on sustainability, which really requires a holistic system view of how you actually improve your sustainability posture, what you find is you run into departmental barriers, you run into funding barriers, you run into ownership barriers. And I think what companies are, are many companies are beginning to, to look at is how do they begin to take what is a bolt-on and really make it core, a core part of their strategy, their overall corporate strategy. And once you make it part of the overall corporate strategy, then you can begin to look at how you manage that performance. And so, you know, Clay is absolutely right on the analytics. The other side of that is the cultural side. The other side of that is the performance tracking. John, we um, heard you talk earlier. You spend a lot of time in the field. You sort of have, you know, kind of direct customer experience given your long history in, in uh, energy efficiency. Where have you seen customers really? Yeah, and it, and it builds on a little bit of what Scott and Clay were talking about in, in, in a slightly different way. The biggest barrier that I see out there is really connecting sustainability to a, a firm business case. You know, clearly demonstrating that it's not just about doing good, you know, but it's really about doing good business practices, you know, practices that show that they pay for themselves and have a real clear bottom line advantage for the, for the business that's implementing it, whether it's a business, a municipality, a state government even. Robert? Well, we have, I have a little, uh, kind of a unique perspective. We've been making software for uh, organizations to help them uh, collect and manage and report on environmental data for about 15 years. A lot of people say it's before it was a sexy thing to do. In fact, it was a back office kind of thing to do, and don't tell me unless I have a, an issue. Uh, make sure my reports are accurate uh, for regulatory agencies. So, you know, we've seen a tremendous uh, evolution over the last several years as, as organizations really attempt to address sustainability much more broadly and strategically. And the challenge they have is that because of the way the industry's evolved, that data is, is scattered across the organization in silos in the different systems that they have, many of those systems represented today. So the challenge that, that we see and that I hear, of, uh, hear from my customers is, how can I get all of this together and integrate it in, in, in a holistic fashion so that I can uh, get that information into uh, supporting my sustainability initiatives at a corporate level? And getting the information back to my people so that they can act on that data on a daily basis to reduce energy and to uh, address the other sustainability issues. How can, how can I use that data? So, in fact, I just uh, flew here, as you know, from, from Hong Kong, where I was meeting with a, a client where we're launching a, uh, a total emissions project uh, 
with them, and, and they represent, they're actually deployed throughout northern Asia and India and Australia, very large uh, utility. And I had dinner with the CIO that night. Some of these questions are the questions we talk about. I mean, just last night before last. And asking, you know, what are we doing to help him? So I, I just think that, uh, you know, when, when IBM asked us, and we've been working with IBM for several years. In fact, they implemented our, one of our largest projects in, in China, at PetroChina, uh, to join this uh, initiative uh, in this uh, group. I, you know, I was very much... Uh, um, encouraged, and I and I applaud your efforts because I I do think it's going to take a, a collaborative effort to to be able to deliver the results. I I think that our that our customers, our common customers, are looking for. So what I keep hearing and I've heard all day long is fragmentation, silo, and it's not just about the data center. Mm -hmm. It's a much more holistic approach. Right. Talk to us a little bit about. What was the decision process that all of you went through when you made the commitment to join a coalition? And many of you have competed with each other. Um, what was the wake-up call? What is it that spoke to you about what this coalition would do that you couldn't do as a separate entity? Scott? So I think the, the, when, you, when you talk about it and you talk about silos, and you did a great job summarizing, Celia, some of the points, I think the, the, the word that I, I take uh, in, in my mind is it's just fundamentally complex. If you look at what customers are trying to do, they're trying to aggregate the data so they can get a, a visibility of their energy data translated into financial mm -hmm. impact in, in, in near real time so they can act upon it. Mm -hmm. Then what they want to be able to do is they want to match that historical performance with their production, operational, and financial planning to run simulations to see where they're going to be. And after that, they want to begin to take action. And if you look at that and you look at the complexity of each of those three steps, what's clear is, if you, and then if you, if you look at the, the Green Sigma, uh, the, the founding 10 members, mm -hmm. what you see is you can see in almost, in almost any customer, almost any company, that there's going to be an interplay, a necessary interplay of these companies in order to help our joint customers solve that very complex problem. And so I think what's refreshing is to have the opportunity to talk to John and Robert and Clay mm -hmm. and Dave and really be in a room uh, the, for the entire morning where we can just have open and frank conversations. And I think that's really benefits us, and, and most importantly, it's going to benefit our customers and therefore benefit the environment as well. The second group discussion of the night, the need for focus on commercial sector energy efficiency, featured IBM's Rich Lechner, Linda Ziegler, the Senior Vice President for Customer Service at SoCal Edison, and Lewis Foster, the IT Manager for Columbia County, Georgia. The panelists discuss what business needs are driving companies and municipalities to energy efficiency projects and how organizations and their customers are benefiting from successful implementation of those projects. This panel was also moderated by Celia Canfield. I'd love to start with you, Linda, and talk a little bit about what you've been what you've been able to do with your utility company, both in terms of getting people to act differently, with incentivizing them to reduce demand, um, and, and what the hallmarks of the programs that you've been able to put into place are. Well, thank you. We always like to brag about what we do in energy efficiency. Um, We've been really working with our customers on energy efficiency for at least 20 years. And the panel earlier talked a little bit about barriers. 
And one of the barriers really up until probably the last year or two years was what is the driving platform for customers to take action? I think greenhouse gas has given us the burning platform, and this coalition that we just saw is really a great response to that burning platform. Um, We've had good luck in the last five years um, with our customers. We've reduced power enough to serve 789,000 homes. So that's reductions from our customers that can help serve 789,000 homes. And that's the equivalent of removing 400,000 cars off the road. So it is possible to do. Um, We have, uh, like was talked about earlier, you have various levels of customers. Some are very sophisticated. They monitor everything they're using. They know how much energy goes into the production of each piece of equipment. You get down to maybe some of the smaller and mid-sized customers who are really just focusing on trying to run their business day-to-day and they don't really focus much on energy efficiency. So we have a lot of programs to try to get information out to them and also to give them incentives so that that can help defray the cost of installing energy efficiency. Over the last several years, um, some of the areas that are most active, lighting is one of the first things that people do in energy efficiency, looking at motors, etc. But what we've been able to do in partnering with IBM One of the areas that shows real promise is uh, in the server area. So when we looked at that, um, we believe the potential to save energy in just our service area, which is Southern California, we could save enough to serve another 22 to 36,000 homes. And there's a lot more servers up here in San Francisco area than there is in Southern California. So if you think nationwide, there's real potential in this. And so we partnered with IBM um, to look at one of our major manufacturing customers. Um, And there's two things that that they do, and we do have incentive programs for this now. They do virtualization of servers, which basically, you know, optimizes the use of servers. So instead of, you know, using this one partially and the other one partially, it optimizes the use of servers. And then IBM has come up with something called mobile measurement technology. And if you think about that, I guess it's like a CT scan of your body, but it's the scan of the, of the server area, looking at, you know, what's the thermal load in the different areas so that you can optimize the use of energy that's cooling your data center. So this is a new technology that will really help customers to reduce energy there. And the one customer that we worked with was able to reduce 10% of the load, um, or 39 kW, which is a pretty significant amount of load that was reduced. Um, So we we are partnering with IBM. We're looking at other customers where we can bring this technology out and really help them take the next step in an area that really is a very heavy user of electricity. Lewis, you have um, almost a similar story in some ways, I suspect, because you were sort of given um, somewhat of an insurmountable task. Can you talk a little bit about what, what you were given at, um, at your job and, and, and what you came up with as solutions and some of the, the, uh, the barriers you jumped over? Uh, first of all, to give you a little background, our county uh, population has grown 26% since 2000, which in turn basically impacts our increase in services and demand. 
So basically, uh, we gave out of power and cooling in our data center. So pretty much is we were stopped in our tracks until we had to go do something about it. So we uh, went to a IBM function at Research Triangle in Raleigh, North Carolina, talking about virtualization of servers, and they had a, this scalable modular data center concept. So we were challenged uh, based on square footage of our data center, which is relatively small. It's 550 square feet. And we had a traditional computer room air conditioner, or known as a crack unit. Uh, we've had, uh, we've had uh, hot spots throughout the whole center. Uh, some areas in January it was like 78 degrees in some areas, and some areas it was like 72. So the challenge, uh, our facilities said data centers, they really cost a lot of money, and office space is very expensive every time you build out. Try to find a solution. So basically that was our challenge. And internally I was thinking about our challenge for IT, being a service organization, uh, we all say we inspire by the challenge, which means our challenge is 100% customer satisfaction. So by being 100% customer satisfaction, we're servicing our departments internally, and they're servicing our citizens or our customers. So basically, we implemented this uh, modular scale data center solution, which in turn increased our availability, it doubled our capacity. Uh, for cooling, server, and also increased our switch infrastructure because we implemented uh, IP telephony, but uh, people like to talk on the phone and don't like to be interrupted. So uh, we've uh, we doubled our capacity. We only increased 7% power consumption by doing this. Both of you have customer bases and happy customer bases from, from what we hear. Um, it's the reason you're on the, the stage today. And, and I think it's interesting because as I, I heard your stories and we talked earlier, you also were able to have influences beyond the data center in your organizations. That you, because you came up with solutions, it, it, it seems as if that you almost had ideas and, and a place at the table because you, you, you know, came up with these solutions. Lewis, for example, tell us a little bit about um, traffic flow and, and, and your influence there. Uh, basically, uh our area is being looked at as far as being uh, under mandate as far as uh, emissions like Metro Atlanta, but we're right on the edge, so we're trying to reduce emissions in our area so we won't come under that mandate. So our traffic engineering folks are trying to look at ways to increase the flow of traffic where cars will not be idle at traffic signals. So the technology runs on a network, it's using cameras and also with some artificial intelligence, and it relays information from one signal to the other, and it dynamically looks at the traffic flow and adjusts as needed. Uh, if, the, if the system or network goes down, it goes back to the history of the intersection based on the time for the previous couple of weeks until you get the network back up. One of the things that we hear repeatedly is that it's about really creating a smarter planet. It's about smarter companies and smarter solutions. Um, as you look out at what demand's likely to be in you know, your metropolitan areas for both of you, 
how do you anticipate what's coming, and, and where do you look for information and research and, and partnerships, and, and how do you find, come up with those solutions? Um, well, I think as much as people have heard about greenhouse gas, um, probably in the last several months everybody's heard about the smart grid. Um, I think we're all still trying to define what the smart grid is, um, but we will be installing, uh, beginning in September, smart meters on all of our 4.7 million customers, which will be able to provide data and information to customers. And with that, we'll need partnerships around how does the data get presented to customers, what kind of um, devices will be in the homes. We'll have smart thermostats. We'll need smart appliances. We'll need smart pool pumps. So as we look to how we control the growth in the future, it's really, I think, the, the meters become, you know, the enabler to begin to get information about what customers are using when, and then in partnerships, working on what do the systems look like for appliances, controlling appliances. Um, we heard earlier about the electric vehicles, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles that will come on the market. Another area for partnerships in terms of how does the technology work, because we need to make sure that those plug-in hybrid vehicles charge off-peak, because what we're trying to do is optimize the use of the grid so that we don't have to build additional power plants. So really trying to optimize how customers use energy in the future, and as these new applications for electricity come in, how do we partner to use the grid that we have in a much more efficient way so that we don't have to continue to invest in additional power plants as well as infrastructure? Rich, you probably hear these stories um, every day, over and over again. If you were to extract what the common denominators um, are that make for these kinds of successful programs and, and what are the takeaways, um, what, you, what are they? So I would say that, uh, first of all, that it is, um, while the discussion here is around IT and it and admittedly is, represents, you know, a, a small fraction of greenhouse gas, man-made greenhouse gas emissions, it provides the fulcrum point for um, fundamentally changing and improving the processes of uh, cross-business operations. So whether it be IT and the analytics support and the, and the monitoring and measurement as discussed in the Green Sigma discussion just now, or IT providing the backbone for smart meters, because we, we do know that in, in the meter projects that we've been um, involved with, that um, users, consumers will adjust their behavior when presented with information. But those smart meters represent orders of magnitude more information that the utility company is now consuming and, and dealing with. So, again, the need for a highly efficient and optimized IT infrastructure to be able to support that back end and do meaningful um, data with it. Um, Lewis's example of a smart traffic infrastructure and using embedded intelligence and instrumentation to in increase traffic flow to reduce emissions uh, is dependent upon the intelligence at the back end of, of a smart and efficient IT infrastructure. So, so we put focus there because it is a large consumer, you know, about 200 billion kilowatt hours worldwide in data centers alone. Uh, and what we're finding is, is, you know, on average, the clients we've worked with, and we've now worked with over 3,300 clients in the last 24 months around the world, the average energy savings is um, approaching 40%. So. So there's plenty of room for improvement, and it's a, a big number, and it's a fulcrum point. 
Um, I would say that this collaboration between IT and other business operations, whether it be city managers who are responsible for traffic flow or it be operations man- facilities managers or manufacturing operations managers, is critically important here. And that what the coalition is, was trying to get across is that uh, in that context, you, um, the suppliers and the partners also have to collaborate, that you can't have IT vendors, whether it be networking providers like Cisco or um, providers like IBM, acting independently of uh, the folks like Johnson Controls and Honeywell. They need to work in a collaborative fashion. Uh, the successful clients are the ones who, who you know, cross those, who, who sort of bridge those uh, silos inside the organization and with their partners. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.